Hello and welcome back to the Hulkcast and Aston Villa podcast. It turns out that Tyson Fury's heroics on the weekend were only the second best comeback of the week. Aston Villa drew 5-5 with Nottingham Forest. I'm James Rushton. That's Danny Riser. And how good was that midweek match for the neutral? <laughs> uh, James, uh, James, that was a wicked, wicked intro. Uh, what a way to introduce the show. I mean, it's it's been it's been a, a fun week if you're a sports fan in general, hasn't it? I mean, if you're if you're a Villa fan, uh, especially, it's been a very, very fun week. Uh, obviously, we're we're recording this on a Sunday where we've seen three derbies in the Premier League too. But back to your point, James, that five-all draw midweek. What can I say about that? There are so many positives and so many negatives to take out of that game. But I think it comes down to one thing. With Dean Smith, we are not going to see boring football matches. And that's what I took out of that game. No, not at all. Uh, Villa were 2-0 down against Forrest within the first five minutes. And I mean, comparing it back to the fight uh, in this morning, if you're in the UK, uh, those, were, that, those were more heavy knockout punches, man. No one would have got up from there, but Villa did. Villa got up. And they come back into the match and they eventually took a lead before succumbing to a late equaliser. Mm. Chaos in a football match. Um, any way to break it down? Look, I think uh, it depends. I think we have to almost break this game into chunks, man. Like, let's <laughs> be honest, it's really, really difficult to go goal by goal. Uh, yeah, look, so the, so the opening few minutes, like, that's poor, first of all, straight away. I think it's just testament, not testament. I think it's just an example of how uh, how how dodgy our defense is at the moment, and as I've said before, I don't think that any of the defenders in that team are, are bad defenders. You know, you look at that. You've got Alan Hutton, you've got uh, Tanzibi, uh, James Chester, and Neil Taylor. They're, they're not bad defenders, but what you have got is a very very tired team, uh, a, a defense which which hasn't really had much of a break. Uh, there's 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 no real sort of motivation not to slip up. Well, you know, apart from the fact that. Uh, you know, you, you want the team to do well. There's no real individual motivation for it at the moment. So it's poor to see that. Uh, Onion Island as well, uh, as well, wasn't particularly strong in the in, in you know in, in between the two posts. But uh, if, if we're looking at those first two goals in particular, we really need to be more solid uh, when it when it comes to starting off a game. Yeah, Villa seemed to be a bit mugged off and shell shocked and concussed, and um, by the fact that not, uh, Nottingham Forest, I was about to say Norwich. Um, but Nottingham Forest is stretching the play wide, um, pacing the flanks through Joel Lolly, um, Matty Cash. Uh, again, all the stuff that I feel I highlighted on, if not this podcast, then the, the preview I did over at the Villa View, um, pacing the wings, um, and especially some trickery and creativity, stretching the play. And they did get the best of Villa. Um, what has to be said is that no defence is uh, that that good. In this league, there is only one, and we'll come on to that. That is that good. Um, we're all much of a muchness. They're all a bit of a, a mixed. Even if we have James Chester, we're not the best defence. And I think that was shown. Um, Villa didn't really have much of midfield help. Um, Conor Horahan right now is the uh, defensive midfielder. And he, I would say he's very much the most attack-minded midfielder in the squad. So he's uh, holding it down at the back. Um, of course, these things are going to happen. We're going to play the high line and we're going to get done with pace. Um, so Villa fighting back to earn a point from that after being 2-0 down, I think is admirable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it's 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 good to see that Dean Smith and his side really didn't panic at that point because it could have been very, very easy to panic and and sort of 
try to get as tight as possible and see if you could kind of uh, grind out a couple more goals. But no, they 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 went for it and they 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 went uh, they went at, Not- uh, at Nottingham Forest, which is what you have to do if you are two 0 down, uh, because like it or not. Like you're at that point, really, you're either going to get thrashed or you're going to have a comeback. You know, there's there's no in between, because you know if you if you if you sit back and you and you and you try to you know, try to just see the game out at that point, um, you're just you're just going to concede more. Um, and 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 I think that's the that's the main thing to take out of it. Under Steve Bruce, who might have seen a little bit more of a cautious uh, a cautious attempt at at, at at getting points back. But um, it was just it was just good to see us bombing forward at that point. I thought I thought our wingers did really well uh, in particular at that point. Yeah, fantastic from Villa. I think almost on the whole, uh, a lot of sloppiness, but to uh, fight back after every goal and eventually take the lead is uh, is massive from this Villa team. Um, let's talk about Joe Lolly's goal. Actually, I think it was mm. Nottingham Forest fourth or third. Um, either way, to it, it put them into the lead. Uh, fantastic hit. Uh, do you think there's anything more Villa could have done to stop that that goal? So Joe Lolly's goal, which uh, as you mentioned, he's, he's, he's saying it's the third one that Forrest scored, right? When Forrest went three, went three, three all. That's not right, so is it? That's so, what. Yeah, it might, it might be four, three, three, uh, three, two. I don't know. Uh, I don't don't know the exact specifics. It's all just a mess that game is in terms of scoring. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which goal that was exactly, and if I remember correctly, it was the one which uh, Nylon could have done a lot better. Yeah, Nylon could have yeah. could have done a lot better there. I thought the defense stood off just a little bit. Uh, shouldn't really have given him the attempt to given him the chance to shoot. Um, but. Uh, you know, having said that, I think Nyland really like I, he, he really let himself down there. He, he was going in the opposite direction of that shot from Joe Lolly. Uh, now Joe Lolly's a fantastic, you know, technically skilled player. Uh, the defender almost moved out of the way when that ball was being hit. You know, almost try and protect himself. It's a it's reactionary. Um, unfortunately, that's what happens sometimes. Nyland at that point he had to steady himself. He needed to be on stable feet. But instead, he seemed to almost lose balance as he as he half stepped to the wrong side, the opposite direction of which the ball was coming in, and ultimately Joe Lolly's strike just um, evaded him. Yeah, I think uh, that's one of the best goals we've seen in the championship this season, and we've had two ourselves. But uh, definitely, Joe Lolly's strike is one of the better goals we've seen in the championship this season. And I wonder on these highlight reels, are we always saying that the keeper could have done more? I certainly think in this case, yeah. Um, but his defence in the midfield certainly didn't help their uh, goalkeeper out at all. I think he only had uh, about half a second when he saw. I don't know if his vision was blocked or anything by the mess mess of players around Lolly. He weren't really pressing, uh, or if he even saw the shot at all. It seems by the time he did, it was far too late. Um, so when he had a chance to step up, he wasn't able to. Well, look, it's almost it's almost very difficult to well, uh, you know what? It is very difficult to <laughs> try and explain, you know, when you when you haven't got visuals. But uh, but what what's happened is there's three there's three midfielders there who all could have done a little bit better to to close down Joe Lolly. Um, he has essentially gotten taken that shot through uh, Jack Grealish and Glenn Whelan, I believe it was at that point. Um, Grealish and Whelan there. I don't know if there's much more Jack Grealish could have done there. Whelan went in to, to meet Joe Lolly, but he just struck that perfectly, you know, in, in, at the right time. Um, so unless unless uh, Whelan was was willing to take a, a rocket to his to his thigh there, um, you know, it, it was only only really expected that Joe Lolly could have struck it from there. Um, and it was a good strike. It was a good strike. There, there, there weren't a lot of keepers that would have saved it, but I think 
what a lot of fans are saying is that they would have liked to have, uh, have at least seen Nyland sort of, you know, go in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think uh, a lot of people see the angle and how close the ball is to him and are disappointed. But then again, I'd say, look how hard that shot is hit. And, uh, you know, there's a goalkeeper going against the best goals ever scored in, you know, in the history of the game. Every single goal that he scored, there's a goalkeeper that it goes past. Sometimes they didn't get into him. <laughs> no, we, we got, you know, it might be Gigi Buffon. Uh, whoever, Bartes in the France goal when Carlos smashed it in and that bending banana kick. And there's a goalkeeper facing up against every single good shot taken. And uh, some of them are going to go in regardless, even if it is Buffon, Bartes, those great shot stoppers in goal. So there we go. But but at the end of the day, you do still need to question the keeper after after letting in five goals, and it wasn't the only goal he could have done better on. You know, you you look at you look at games and you think, you know, keepers do make mistakes. They make errors, of course they do, because at the end of the day, when a when a striker hits their shot on target, it's them versus the goalkeeper, and you know, there's always. Uh, there's always a chance the striker is going to win, and the keeper always could have done a little bit better. You know that 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 that, that that's that's the thing. But as the goalkeeper, you know you're expected to save most of the shots which come your way. Yeah. Uh, and Nyland simply didn't do that. Um, you know, it, it, I think I'm pretty sure that Nottingham Forest had a pretty had a positive uh, shots uh, shots to shots on uh, sorry goals to shots on target ratio. Well, it was it was five five for five. Well, there you go. No, it's more than positive. And it was that last goal, really, which did it. Um, was... So, yeah, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that one now because I think that's a better example of a goalkeeping failure. Um, I don't think his defence helped him out, but he's beat at the near post by a pretty tame shot from Lewis Graben. Uh, Lewis Graben, who had a hell of a game uh, for Forrest. And, uh, yeah, he was near post shot. I feel, I feel like he could have done a lot more there, certainly, than Lolly's shot. And that was a more important shot to save. So the thing is with with something like that, uh, yeah, you, you've really got to you've really got to defend your near post. You know, it's it's, it's almost goalkeeping one hundred and one. But the Nottingham Forest number six, uh, I, th- I think it was Matty Cash. I'm not sure. Um, is I think he's put him off just a little bit. I think Nyland's slightly worried that Graben's going to go for the pullback. Um, Tanzibi doesn't quite get to Graben, and. Uh, ultimately, when Graben gets that shot away, it's only going in one place. Um, yeah, Nyland should have done better there. He should have been at the near post, but uh, as I say, he's put off by the by the second man there, who uh, ultimately Villa's defense failed to pick up as well. So Villa had two goal scorers on the night. Uh, one was Tammy Abraham, who bagged four, could have probably had six uh, if he didn't have two goals disallowed, mm. which we'll come on to. Um, and Amar, Amar Al-Ghazi actually scored as well. But first, Tammy Abraham, four goals, a uh, magnificent return. Or could he have done more? It's weird saying that, but he, it seems like he could have done a bit more with some of the chances he had. <laughs> no, nah, let's be fair, man. He scored four goals in a game. You're fine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're not going to score every You're not going to score every shot that you take. He, he may as well have. He was certainly uh, looking that way. Uh, four goals is magnificent return, though. I think first half hat trick as well. Yeah, look, amazing. I, I mean, I've, I'm saying this about about Tammy Abraham. Chelsea, we, we say that we say this every week, but Chelsea need to keep a hold of him next season. Uh, I could genuinely see him next season being the number two behind Harry Kane. Genuinely, and I, I mean that uh, with all seriousness. I think uh, it'd be an issue if Chelsea recall him in January. They won't. Um, that seems to be a bit of a worry. Yeah, I hope they don't. There's a lot of rumblings about it, but I guess it's just hearsay because he's in form. 
and uh, the Chelsea strikers don't seem to be in that same vein of form. But yeah, it'll be good to have him for the whole season. Um, I really don't think there's much stopping Villa now. And Amwell Algarzi made a uh, a real statement for himself. He's been at the team. Uh, he came on and scored a wonderful goal. I think he had one offside as well or disallowed for some reason. Yeah, yeah, there was so two. Put it in, he did put it back in the back of the net. And uh, it was disallowed, but his goal was fantastic. But Tammy Abraham, unfortunately, uh, with the winning effort, would it, it was it was removed. This was Villa six five, and uh, it was pulled back for offside. And I'm uh, for the life of me, I can't see the offside. It was it was a goal mouth scramble. Yeah, no, it was an offside. Uh, I think Villa, Villa were a little bit hard done by there, but yeah, what can you do? Yeah, what well, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, We'll come on to some more officiating decisions because there's some in the next game. But uh, we've got a new feature, haven't we? We've got to uh, give our match balls. Oh, my gosh. Away, away haven't we? Uh, oh. We're free to give away. Yeah. Each match. So the math is you do one, I'll do one, and we'll both do one. So for Nottingham Forest 5-5, five, five, I want your player. Nottingham Forest 5-5 five, five. Uh, is picking Tammy Abraham cheating. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Then, like, I'd be dumb to pick anybody other than Tammy Abraham. I don't care uh, what you see in a match. If there's five goals and the striker has scored four of them, uh, it's going to Tammy Abraham. Now, if there was a clean sheet, maybe it could have gone to a defender. But there is no way I could justify picking a defender. <laughs> no. So I, I can I, I can explain my decision all I want, but like, let's let's just cut to the chase. Four goals. His finishing was absolutely um, terrific. It was on fire. Uh, Tammy Abraham just basically tapped in every single thing that he got to him. So that's that's his job. That's what we need in a striker. None of this sort of like um, feeling unlucky for yourself um, after every single opportunity that you get. None of that. Tammy Abraham buried every single uh, shot that, that he took almost. So yeah, it's his. Uh, mine has to go, in that case, to Anwar Algarza, who came on uh, with little time left and made a real impact, scored a, a goal to put Villa in the lead. Unfortunately, it, was, uh, it wasn't a lead for long, but he made it happen. And uh, certainly, I can't look past him for my match ball. So are we not allowed to pick the, pick the same guy? Is that how this works? Well, for the third one, I was going to say we give it to Tammy Abraham as well. Right, okay, yeah. 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 I think that makes it... You can't not give that third one to him. So two for Tammy, one for Amwar, and I think that is probably the best representation we can do of that feature for this game because no one else is getting one, mate. Not one of them other Villa players is getting... Yannick Balassi probably has a case. but uh, and, and John McGinn, certainly. But no one stood out like those two. Yeah, I mean, like, let's let's look back at the statistics in that game, actually. You know, it's worth worth having a quick look uh, and just kind of like seeing seeing how everybody did. Um, I mean, Tammy Abraham with the four goals. Yeah, fair enough to him. Look, Grealish, Balassi and Taylor all got assists, but I don't think anybody really sort of blew anybody away with them. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's, 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 that's pretty much what I'd have to say as well. If you're not giving it to Abraham or you're not giving it to El Ghazi, um, you know, you can give it, you give it to Balassi maybe, uh, Tammy Abraham takes two awards and Anwar Algarzi gets the first. Yeah. So I think that's perfect for the Nottingham Forest game, mate. No one else really, really did. You know, you could, if you're giving one to Yannick Balassi, does it, does, does it take away from Tammy's or Anwar's? And 
those two players had more of an impact than him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, hold your hands up. Um, but 5-5, five, five, Nottingham Forest, mad game. Um, there's not a great deal you can take from it because Villa seem to learn their lessons for the next match. But before we get to that, mate, uh, in the middle of the week, it was announced that uh, Villa was uh, have signed former defender James Collins on a five-week contract. Mm. What do you feel? Uh, it's an interesting one. I don't think he's. I don't. I personally don't think he's going to play a game. It's just there for uh, until Alfred comes back, surely. Yeah, I think he's. He's there as. Uh... Look, if if something horrible goes wrong, and both Chester and Tanzibi are out for a game, then. Dean Smith might have to put his hands up and go, right, fine. James Bree and James Collins or Dominic Revan, who made the bench, by the way, against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. And James Collins. Oh, he made the bench against Middlesbrough. Sorry, Middlesbrough. Yeah. And Miller Yedinak did as well. And Miller Yedinak had literally just been cleared from injury mm-hmm. like that. So uh, Villa are really weak at centre back. So the, the, the hands have been forced. They've got to give him the five week contract. And Collins has been he's been training with Villa now, hasn't he, for a bit? So he's not an awful defender as well. He's more no nonsense than I'd say uh, Tranzibi and Chester, who like almost to play with the ball at their feet. But uh, not not a bad option. Not a bad option. Yeah, either. fine. You know, fine. Again, like what what if you need to play in a back three? You know, I, I wouldn't mind him there as a sweeper. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh, I suppose it is, it's quite nice as well seeing him back at the club just because uh, I, I think there's so many moments where he's won games for us from from set pieces. Uh, not not in a defensive capacity, but as a, you know, from a, from, from a, from a from attacking capacity. I, I remember yeah. every single corner that we took, James Collins and Richard Dunn would be in there. And, you know, um, though the two of them could have done a lot better defensively for Villa, uh, it, was, it, was always, it was always scary for the opposition seeing them in the box. Uh, so I suppose it's quite nice in that sense to see James Collins. I always liked him. No, I think he's a, it's a good option. Um, suits both parties. Um, a five-week contract's a bit of a weird deal. I feel like we could have done with signing him perhaps earlier, um, maybe involving him in some of these behind-the-doors friendlies, getting his match fitness and Matt Prepple, because uh, there's no way he's going to be match fit now or in five weeks. No, in five no, weeks' not. time. Of course not. So, uh, yeah, uh, more power to James Collins for earning that contract. And, uh, Hope uh, we do. I hope we don't see him because that will mean uh, one of our <laughs> defenders has come down. But yes, yeah, seeing him on the bench would be a bit comforting, almost after what we've been through at defence. Can I just say um, as well, just before we move on? I mean, whilst we're talking defensively, whilst if we move on from the Nottingham Forest, you know, before we just move on for it, because I know we're going to a vastly different game in a second. Onyan Island only uh, managed a four point eight rating on on who scored. I don't remember. He didn't make a single save, mate. Yeah, I don't remember anybody ever getting that poor rating for Villa on that on that website, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't know how much faith I put in the ratings because it's very binary. It seems to do, seems to say if you got enough stats um, to show you made a positive performance, and yes, you're going to get a high rating. Uh, if you did all right, you're going to get these bland ratings in between. Everyone's going to be the same. There's no difference between anyone and if you didn't make a save say if you made one save mate it would have been about a 6.7 it'd have been rated that would his performance would have been no different what's what's funny to me is what's funny to me is right nyland didn't make a single save right and we conceded five pantilamon made six saves exactly that's exactly my point if he makes six saves um they still conceded five 
Okay, true. And it's 5 5. Um, maybe they could have, the case is there that they could have conceded more. Who knows? But uh, that seems like a pretty deep argument um, to get involved into. No, that's fair. That's fair. And final, final point I want to make on this game is uh, Joe Lolly. You know, you got four assists on a goal. Villa fan at Villa Park. You couldn't wish for better than that, could you, if you're not playing for Villa? Yeah. So uh, Amazing performance from the man. Yeah. That's that's just my, my final two cents on that game. Yeah, whilst we're still talking about bad defending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, good defending. Uh, come against Middlesbrough. Uh, Villa's next game was against Tony Pulis' side at the Riverside. Now, this is an all-time great championship defence. This isn't just a hoofball team or a longball team. Um, it's a structured, disciplined, organised defence. Middlesbrough, before this game, it took them 26 shots against to concede a single goal. They are a, by far and away the greatest defence in this this current championship and arguably one of the better defences that the championship has ever seen. Um, so, of course, nerves heading into this game. It's Tony Pulis, it's Middlesbrough. Villa battered them in a way that was so expected yet unexpected that I still find it hard to digest and I find it hard to look at the stats. The scattergraph of Middlesbrough, mate, their defence, it's like everyone else is in this little cluster at the bottom and Middlesbrough are alone at the top, so far away from everyone else in terms of defence and defensive capabilities. Um, A team that can't really finish their dinner up front, but uh, in terms of their defence, mate, there was no... No way this should have happened, and yet it happened. Villa ran him over. Nah, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Middlesbrough. Yeah, but how do you go into a game against a team who's not score? I mean, who's who's conceded seven goals in the last two games and not score a single goal? In fact, let, let's let's you know let's let's push that away ever so slightly. Not even test Aston Villa. They didn't test Villa, James. They didn't test them. So I, there is no point having a defence that good in the championship if like, if, if you can't finish your dinner, as you, as you put it. Hmm. And you know how I know that? Mm-hmm. Tell me how I know that. How do you know that? Because that is exactly what we had last season. We had John <laughs> Terry at the back alongside James Chester. John Terry. Still didn't succeed because we could not score. And that is where Middlesbrough are headed at the moment. That is what I see from them uh, after 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 that game last night. Yeah, they definitely need to find a link to get to their strikers because, boy, it's not good. Um, I think their defence will get them far because it is that good. The defence is that good. They should stay and at least get them the draws when uh, they should be losing. But, uh, you know, turning those draws into victories, you can only do that if you're scoring. And I will say they had two very good chances. One... Um, I believe it was Downing fired into the back of Hugel from point blank range. Um, so that flagged up an offside when uh, that shot should have gone in. Mm. And Oyen Neuland came up with a massive, massive fingertip save. Did he touch that? Yeah, he touched that onto the bar, mate. It's hard to tell from the from the highlights. Yeah, he definitely, definitely saved that. hundred percent. I want to get Snicko um, on that's, it. That's going we need Snicko on these things, man. Snicko <laughs> into football. But no, Neuland tipped it onto the onto the bar and out of play uh, and got back up to uh, save the next shot as well. Hmm. So it seems like, a, and you know, I think we'll go, we'll go back in the timeline and start the match again and run over the events. But uh, he had a few issues in this game and I don't think they were on him. Like he came to collect a cross and Tuanzibi ran into him. 
that I don't know if that's on on Ireland. He could have claimed it better. He could have shouted, but what if he did? And it still happened anyway. I don't know, but that fingertip save, mate, uh, made up for some of his performances. In my eyes, uh, really stepped up and uh, when Villa needed, yeah, he did, and that showed that showed great character and a great resiliency. Because it's very easy when you're a goalkeeper and you're conceding a mad amount of goals to just continue score. Just, I mean, yeah, just continue conceding a mad amount of goals. That's where Nyland really could have been. Uh, it's certainly where I've seen a lot of Villa goalkeepers in the past. Brad Guzan, for example, incredibly talented, incredibly talented. One of our most talented goalkeepers in the last decade. But boy, oh boy, when he when he conceded a clanger, did he continue conceding clangers? Yeah, for sure. I think goalkeeping is a worrying position. I think all goalkeepers are destined to almost, you know, drop out of performance, you know, that high level of performance. But going going back to the start of the match, we'll we'll actually wrap up the match and I'll go through the events in order. I think immediately Villa had a penalty shout. Tammy Abraham was uh, running away from the box, is mm. running out of the box. But George Friend clipped him. He clipped him. And a lot of people said it's not a foul because he's running away from the box, but it's a foul in the box and thus a penalty. Yep. And it was a penalty, for sure. Yeah. Although, I mean, if 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 if, if it's not a penalty because he's running away from the box, are you telling me that that's a free kick within the area then? Is that is that what you're suggesting? Don't be silly. No, I'm, I'm straight up saying that that is a penalty. No, that's mate. what I'm saying. I mean, if people are questioning yeah. that, you know, People are questioning that. What you're saying is that uh, it should be a free kick in the box. In which case, stop having a laugh. You know that was a penalty. Uh, he, he stood on his he stood on his toes, uh, if I remember correctly. Or uh, I think he yeah he, he, his studs went into his shin. Uh, okay, it was man. it was a penalty any day of the week. Uh, thankfully, Villa didn't regret it for too long because uh, a corner came in about two minutes later. Grealish whips it in. Uh, James Chester is the man who hooks it in. Strikers finish and uh, puts Villa into the lead. Now, this goal is fantastic because this isn't James Chester's goal. This is Ahmed Al-Mohamedi's goal. Al-Mohamedi makes such a good, like, basketball <laughs> block, like a hockey, like a, a basketball assist almost, just makes that covering block for Chester to make it, lose his marker and run in. And as much as it is Chester making the finish, I think Al Mohamedi made it happen. Oh yeah, no, it was it was it was good to see him to see him you know get get involved there. And I think in general that was a very well executed set piece. Jack Grealish, you know, put the ball into into the right area, and you know what, there was just tons and tons of Villa players in that in that central area in that six yard box, and it just caused a lot of trouble for Middlesbrough. And I I I just have to say that it, it would it caused me a lot of pleasure to see a Tony Pulis side bullied at a set piece yeah I think Villa are getting better with their set pieces especially delivery from Hurahan and, and Grouch is improving each oh, game te- definitely definitely you know, they, 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 they troubled they troubled Middlesbrough at pretty much every set piece and I don't I don't know how we don't have that many big guys in the, in the team really when you consider it but they're still somehow managing to do it yeah when Middlesbrough don't have the ball there's essentially six men at the back so do you think Middlesbrough were hard done by and should have felt dis- very disappointed to concede that first set piece from uh, that James Chester flick? Nah, man, that's how they score all their goals. So, no, that's... Uh, Pulis, Pulis like scoring from set pieces. I can't count the amount of times that they've won a match from a from a freaking throw-in, right? Middlesbrough maybe, but <laughs> Tony Pulis especially, yeah. right? When 
when the Tony Pulis side concedes a set piece, what do I expect? I expect them to be well drilled. I expect them to be well oiled. There are three big guys in that middle of the defense. That that defense is 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 nothing to be joked about. You know, let's 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 be real. You know, they've got they've got some terrific players in there. Uh, you know, when when you've got Danny Bat, Flint, and Fry all in there, you know, you should be winning your set pieces. So I I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any sympathy for them in that sense. It was a fantastic goal, and I think uh, they'll be slightly upset at Mid- Middlesbrough to have conceded that. They really would have been frustrated with themselves. And Avila went into the half nil nil, f- well one nil up. Sorry, a few worries though. Um, again, it was that crossing. Uh, Downing was uh, unmarked in the box. There was Hugo was unmarked in the box at one point, and uh, Twanzibi had to put in the challenge to kind of save Downing from cutting it across because that would have been a certain goal. And um, yeah, the one we've already mentioned that was fired in off Hugo's back for an offside that would have went in had it not cannoned off their own player and Villa come out uh, 1-0 up and it took them a while to get going but when they did it didn't stop 2-0 it's another set piece goal and I don't know where the line is drawn here because it still looked like a planned thing even though it looked like it it had fallen apart very much so because all the players stayed in that set piece position Despite the ball going right back into yeah, the field, yeah. So my 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 thought when I saw this goal, when I was I was I was looking back at the when I was looking back at the highlights, was we've 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 just done Tony Pulis at a set piece again, and it wasn't really a set piece in the traditional sense, but that's just that was three or four passes after a corner. Yeah, the corner didn't go too well; it got headed out. But as you say, James, they stuck around in there. They they they, they did not panic and say, right, we're running back to our positions. Uh, and essentially neutralizing any attacking effort that that we had at that point, but instead they trusted uh, the team to whip another cross in there, and uh, and I have to say, fair play to them for uh, for 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 getting another goal. So Villa's set piece, one of their routines right now is a, a short Jack Grealish pass, kind of diagonal across the box to Conor Hurahan, who's running in to take the shot. Conor Hurahan took the shot and it bounced away. I don't know if it was planned for him to bounce the shot away and then back play it back into Balassi like they did because it, it was perfect and the players didn't run back to start defending like they would have usually done. So were they counting on Hurahan to have the shot? If it goes in, that's great. If it doesn't go in, stay in position. It's like it was all perfectly planned out for Hurahan to miss his shot, essentially. The ball bounced back and then the play in and it sounds ridiculous, but looking at it, those players were still on their marks. They weren't moving. They were waiting for it. That's what I wonder. And is it have I have I heard correctly that Villa are bringing in or have brought in a set piece coach? Um, it would be the likely little bloke from Brentford who advised England. Yeah, that England set up on the World Cup, and that'll be fa- amazing because they're doing some. It seems like it would be going ahead at this point. Yeah, right. Imagine that. Yeah, no, I think well, it just it just shows you how important Dean Smith sees set pieces as, uh, as, as a traditional play the ball across the floor manager. And mate, that I, I can't get this out of my head, this second goal. I still don't know if it was improvised or planned out because it certainly looked very planned out. Why don't you watch it back, man? I have, okay. done, I have done. I've watched it back five <laughs> or six times. And the first time I thought, oh, it's improvised. The more I watch it, the more I think it's planned. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for it. Okay, uh, right. So essentially, what happened was Grealish. So wait, so the the free there was the free kick first of all, wasn't there? Right. 
Yeah. So it was actually a corner, right? Hurahan's passed it straight straight down to Grealish. Grealish is got running at the box. Hurahan has almost done this full sort of uh, 90 degree movement where he's run from the corner flag around Jack Grealish. Uh yeah, as you say, he's hit the shot. It's it's and it's a very very tame shot. It's a very. I think, to be honest, I think what he was trying to do there was to get that ball to trickle, trickle along there, so that somebody else could give it a give it a bigger whack. I think that's what Hurahan was trying to do there. But uh, oh, yeah, it's a it's a still. Was he planning to do that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But what I will say is that Yannick Balassi did a very, very good job of being in the right position there. He kept himself totally open. And uh, that's how I think it was John McGinn. You know, the way that he was able to pinpoint Yannick Balassi there was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, just just good to see good to see such a such a pinpoint cross from Balassi in the end. Brilliant. And the way Balassi crosses in, it's but it's not pinpoint and perfect, as you said, because if Abraham doesn't sweep that in, Al Ghazi's going to sweep. Well, that's it the in. thing when you drill it at that pace. All he needed is a touch. Yeah, and there's two people there on standby, just waiting for it. Planned, uh, planned to perfection. Villa's second goal, amazing. But I tell you what, credit has to go for Villa's third goal. What a fantastic strike that was from Glenn Whelan. A lot <laughs> of um, he's been on the pitch. All of a minute, his first touch is a goal. Scott Hogan is running at Middlesbrough like there's no tomorrow, and he looks like he's going to score. His shot is uh, parried by Randolph, and it falls to Hurahan. He takes a touch, brings it back for a wheel, and he strikes it first time with a fair bit of backspin, and it hits the palms of Randolph and goes straight in. Well, look, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. Uh, he likes a good first uh, first time shot. Is that I'm, I'm right in I'm right in remembering that he that he hit it first time, didn't he? Or am I wrong? That's his first touch of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might remember another famous first touch goal from Glenn Whelan when the Republic of Ireland took on Italy years ago. Uh, yes, <laughs> it almost reminded me of that. He struck it with the same sort of confidence, didn't he? Uh, Randolph should be doing a lot better there. Randolph should be doing a lot better. But uh, you know what? When you when you when you strike the ball powerfully like that. Um, you 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 never know, do you? You know he's 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 bought a ticket to the lottery, and yeah, he struck it so powerfully. Randolph's not expecting him to shoot it from there, and inevitably he's he's fumbled it. Um, just just good to see that from Whelan. Just good to see it. Uh, he, he... But he gets done over a bit, doesn't he, the keeper? Because the shot goes through someone's legs, so he's seen that as it's halfway through the box, and it's got a, you know these shots. It's like a knuckleball shot. It's not moving in the air all the kinetic energy is released when it, it makes contact. So when it hits his palms, it starts spinning. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm just not, I'm not sure what I think of Whelan at this point. I think he's doing what, what he's supposed to be doing at this point. I think he's, yeah, he's there. I think he's working fantastic for Villa at this point. He's, he's a good option. And I think that's what he is in the team. I th- like he's, he's, he's brilliant. You know, he's a good leadership figure, right? I don't think he should be starting, you know, or he shouldn't be our first choice central midfielder. But he's doing a good job of being a good option, and fantastically, it's like having RoboCop in the middle. RoboCop, just like laying down the law. Well, at times, I I, th- I think he's more effective when you want to shut a game down later on. You know, later on in the game, I think the game can go ahead of him or get ahead of him. Sorry, just slightly when you when you get him on the pitch for ninety minutes. Uh, we've seen that happen. He doesn't quite have the legs for it at this level anymore, but. 
you know, it's 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 good to see that he thought positively at that point and struck the ball because he could have very easily taken that and 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 sideways passed that and thought, you know what, we're two goals ahead. You know, let me do my job as a defensive midfielder. Um, let's let's just keep a hold of it. Uh, and it was it was good to see that goal. So yeah, uh, the three goals for Villa, Glenn Whelan, amazing. Um, Balassi's cross into Abraham spectacular. And of course, that first goal by James Chester always coming and well-deserved and well-needed, of course, just as coming for a bit of stick. So uh, Trevor Hood, again, suggested the feature, our executive producer, Trevor Hood, uh, suggested the feature of the match balls. We're going to have to give three away again. I'll mm-hmm. give one first, you give the second one, we'll come together for the third. My My match ball, I'm going to give it to Yannick Balassi. Yannick Balassi, no, that's fair. I like that because, uh, yeah. He made things happen, mate. He He was dancing all over the pitch really well. Uh, Got the assist, always looked dangerous and uh, grew into the game. I think he did a really good job against Middlesbrough. In your opinion, what made him better than every other Villa player on the pitch? Uh, Creativity, spark going forward, a bit of dynamism. Uh, He, I don't know if it's a a negative that he didn't track back as much as uh, Amal Al-Ghazi. Al-Ghazi did a lot of uh, good work in defence. It was hard to pick between the pair. But I think Balassi stayed up enough to stay positive. Uh, he worked hard and uh, really looked to spur it. You know, I don't know if he if he weren't playing, I don't know if Filler would have done the same thing. No, that's fair. I like that. I like that. Um, I wonder who I would give it to. I've, I, I really struggle with this one, to be, to be fair. Uh, There's a lot of people you could... Oh, of course, there is a lot of a lot of people to go to, to go to here. Uh, I mean, Tammy Abraham did a good job again, didn't he? Uh, I'm going to give it to Jack Grealish. I just think he did his job so well as an attacking midfielder. I thought Villa Villa attacked through the central quite a lot, uh, attacked through the center quite a lot. Excuse me, and I think that is very much down to Jack Grealish. I think he I think he did a tremendous job uh, job in there. Essentially, you know, and his cross for the corner was good. His role in the second goal again was. Um, was 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 brilliant. You know, he the the way that the way that he executed his responsibilities from that set piece. Yeah, it was it was top quality. Uh, and I just thought he he played a, he played a good game. So I'm going to give it to Jack Grealish. So the third one, uh, we'll come to get, we'll bring our heads together for a vote. You you could say Glenn Whelan, you could say Scott Hogan, you could say Amal Ghazi. They all had really bright spells when they came on. All played during the pitch during the match. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna say Connor Hurahan. I don't know if I can agree with you there, man. What I, I thought, I thought John McGinn almost did a better job in central midfield. But what, what, what makes you say Hurahan? Because I think uh, his position has been a difficult one for him to adapt to. I think uh, it was definitely his strongest game in that defensive midfield position. He looked like he bossed it, and uh, he certainly was a threat from set pieces. A bit of ingenuity there looked to be the uh, the mind behind them all. I don't know. John McGinn? I'll give it John McGinn because... Can we say John McGinn? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. So are we Are we basically just going for a number three here that we can both sort of agree on? Is that yeah, right? yeah. Hmm. Yeah, look. Uh, so if it's between Grealish, McGinn and Balassi, interesting one. Yeah, let's give it to let's give it to somebody else. I'm saying McGinn because he's come back and clearly we were missing him. Clearly we were missing him in that midfield. And he's come back and he's helped us control things, uh, and uh, and I have to I have to give him I have to give it to him for that. And I, I thought I thought also the way that he pinpointed, uh, the way that he pinpointed uh, Yannick Balassi for that second goal was was fantastic. But I just have to say, you know, the way that he was combating combating a midfield, I thought that was 
that was the most important thing. Um, and I thought, I thought they, I thought both him and Huran, it could be either of them, played really, really well to to control things in there, especially when Middlesbrough are, are generally very good at doing that themselves. But uh, yeah, I think uh, could have easily give it to Al Ghazi, Hurahan, and McGinn. <laughs> you know, loads of people could have took that for match, that. For I that, I think for that, I think I think I think I'll go with Hurahan. Um, because because you, you yeah because you said it first, uh, and I, th- I think that is, I think that is, I think that is fair. Um, and purely because of the fact that he got the assist out of the two of them. Okay, so we'll go for the Middlesbrough vote, uh, the match boards, the men of the match. So Hurahan, Balassi, and Jack Grealish. And I think that's fair. I think uh, Amal Ghazi may feel a bit left out, but I, f- I really think uh, Balassi uh, showed him up there. I think he looked really good. Um, Hurahan looked, looked boss. And even though it was a quiet game for Jack Grealish, he, he still managed to find his way of running the show. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did, and I, I, I genuinely, again, it's just, it's just again seeing seeing his stats and saying two goals and two assists. It just is not representative of what he does for the team. Is not representative of it at all. Um, that that corner where obviously Chester scored from, that's not going to count as his assist. It just isn't. Uh, but having said that, he created that, and he was really, really important in creating that second goal as well. Uh, again, I have to say, honourable mentions to Tammy Abraham who did his job uh, in finishing and. Also, James Chester did a good job at the uh, at the back as well. Uh, so, so yeah, Nolan to come up with the big save. There's a lot of people who everyone kind of stood up for themselves. Tuanzibe, uh, some shaky moments with Nolan, but he uh, cut out a few important uh, attacking passes. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, shall we move on to the big derby then on the weekend? Well, not even on the weekend. It's on Friday. It is Friday. It's a Friday night game. Yeah. Yeah, so West Brom take on Aston Villa in the West Midlands derby. First one since Villa went down in 2016. So, oh, I don't know how to feel about this one. Tough game. Uh, West Brom are on a roll. They're, they're, they're playing very, very well at the moment. They've, they're, they're on the back of three, three wins. And they're not just any wins. You know, they've, they've, got, they've got the win, the 4-1 win against Leeds United. Uh, after that, obviously comfortable away win against Ipswich. Again, you know, uh, always difficult to go on the road twice in a row. Uh, they but but they did it. They went over to Swansea, two one victory over them as well. Uh, and also, just worth saying as well, they, they, they're scoring they're scoring quite a few goals this season. West Brom, they've scored forty one from their nineteen from their nineteen games. That's pretty good. That's over two goals a game. Uh, and and yeah, I, I you have to say that they they're looking pretty dangerous. Yeah, it's been a while since we played, and uh, Villa haven't beaten West Brom since that FA Cup tie all those years ago mm. uh, when it, uh, a few people ran on the pitch. And I think that was the uh, the one that got them to the semi-final. That was 2-0. Um, they beat him in the Premier League the the same week, the last-minute Benteke penalty, that long ago. So it has been a while since uh, Villa and Baggies have played, but Baggies seem to be on the, uh, you know, on the up and up. Mm. But so do Villa. And it's they're both scoring a lot of goals. So I think we're due for a good nil-nil in this one. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, I, I yeah, I disagree with you because I, I don't know if you're being serious or not. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what if I'm being serious. Look, or not. there's a lot of there's a lot of inform players in that West Bromwich Albion team who are banging goals in, banging them in. Dwight Gale scored nine. Jay Rodriguez has scored nine. You know, Craig Dawson's been 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 looking good as well. Uh, fair play to him. You know, in the in the last couple of games. Matt Phillips again as well. Five goals this season. Five assists. You know, he's been man of the match in three games. And let's not even forget 
Harvey Barnes, young Harvey Barnes on loan from Leicester City, who's just put in an incredibly uh, strong advert for himself, an incredibly marketable advert for himself uh, in the championship this season at 20 years of age, seven goals and three assists. And I, I think he's almost going unnoticed to some degree. But Leicester City have a real player on their hands and, and West Bromwich Albion are nurturing him. Yeah, it certainly looks like they've got some goal scorers. Rodriguez, Gail Barnes, uh, Villa are kind of lacking in the goal scorers. A lot is coming through Abraham at the moment mm. and, you know, no small part to the four goals he scored in the week. But uh, James Codger, uh, James Chester and Jonathan <laughs> Codger uh, back up Abraham. So James Chester being there ahead of others is a bit of a worry for me. Um, good to see that we've got a defender scoring, but uh, we need more goals from the flanks. I know Belassi is a few, and I know Grealish has a few, but they need to start picking up the pace a bit with these goals. Yeah, you say that, but I think it owes a lot to the way that we play. Uh, our wingers never cut inside, or rarely cut inside, rarely seem to cut inside. I think they almost do their job kind of as uh, as providers. And I think that's why Tammy Abraham has been so prolific. And Jonathan Codger as well recently, as I mean, as of late, you know, when he has almost played as an inside forward, has done quite well. Uh, and also, it's also testament to the midfielders. You know, Jack Grealish, John, uh, Connor Hurahan, John McGinn, all chipping in with goals from that midfield. And Villa seems to be very much uh, a narrow side when it comes to scoring goals. Uh, and and I, I don't think I don't think we can really have too much of a go at the wingers for that. No, I think Villa have the form going into this. Um, West Brom have won their last three, but before that there was a, a loss, a draw, and a loss. So they went three games without winning. Whilst Villa have went the uh, the five games since their last loss against QPR. Um, very similar teams. Points for it, only three separates them. Um, goal difference only five goals separate them. Uh, Villa have conceded three more uh, than West Brom. West Brom has um, scored two more than Villa. They've won two more games. We've both lost the same. We've drawn uh, a few more games. We've got a game in hand, the uh, coming game on Monday against Brentford, where we'll learn a lot. I think Dean Smith will learn a lot from that. Uh, West Brom playing Brentford of all teams. So it's going to be too, this form for me, too close to call. And I did joke about the nil-nil. I think irony will happen. You know, there's a big case for irony here. <laughs> um, two freely scoring teams, two similarly matched teams, two open teams that can't seem to defend against teams creating chances, uh, teams that can't really protect a good lead without scoring more goals, two good finishing teams, two good counter-attacking teams, two good attacking, set, two teams you can attack and score set pieces, two teams that use the wings, two teams that seem to be in really good form. Two teams that score a lot of goals. Uh, it's all on the cards for a, a you know a high scoring match. But again, the case of irony has to be made. This could be the perfect nil nil. Uh yeah, I I can see it. I can see it. I know what you're saying. Um, but but having said that, this is the kind of game I believe where one of us is going to capitulate. I I genuinely feel that way. I think either us or West Bromwich Albion are going to capitulate. I just see one side scoring a goal and grabbing the game by the scruff of its neck. I hope it's us. <laughs> uh, our form has been pretty strong. We've got four wins in the last five games. Is it going to come to an end now? That's the worry. Uh, I think when you look at it, James, we've scored 12 goals in the last three games. In fact, scrap that. We've scored 15 in the last four. Uh, I think that's a very strong return. I want to see that continue. 
So for that very reason, I am going to go with a 4-0 victory. To Aston Villa? Yeah. Bloody hell, that's a strong call. I'm playing to win this 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 thing. I'm going to go with a 3-3 draw between Albion and Villa. Oh, interesting. That's what I picked for, for Middlesbrough. Yeah, and you were wrong. Do you know what's funny? Do you know what's funny? <laughs> yeah, I was. Do you know what's funny? Right? Look at the last few results for Villa. How the heck, Trevor? Trevor Hood, how do you... Trevor, this is a shout out to you, right? Yeah, I'm sending for you right now. How do you expect us to guess any of the results? <laughs> it's impossible from here on out. It is, isn't it, James? It is. It's impossible. It's impossible. 3-3, uh, I think, is a fair one. 4-0 could happen. Away at Baggies... Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's it's one I can't predict. And again, it's probably going to be nil-nil. Yeah, but I could, I could also quite easily see it being 4-1 Albion. There's no reason to suggest it wouldn't be. Dwight Gale likes to punish us every time we play against him. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure he does anyway. And Jay J- Rodriguez is in good form. It's a, it's it's the kind of game where somebody like um so somebody like Harvey Barnes is going to take it by a scruff of the neck, you know, at home against Villa in a local derby, one that they seem to care about a lot more than we do. It's 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 all there. All, I mean, all everything is there for it to be a thrashing for either side. Genuinely, I can't see I can't see us locking horns. It's gonna be rough, isn't it? It's gonna be rough to predict. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, I think it's gonna be even more fiery than the Blues game. Yeah, because we're competing for stuff. Blues were just were just there. Yeah, this is promotion. This is a promotion battle. Yeah, absolutely. this could end up being the playoff final. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's the first time as well. It's the first time in years where both teams have been level in terms of their sort of, I won't say size, but uh, in terms of their, their actual footballing level. Isn't it? Yeah, very similar teams, very similar form. There's a lot going for this. Um, I think it's fair. Uh, I guess we'll finish on that note then. Uh, really looking forward to this game. Yeah, listen, it's the biggest Villa Albion game in years. In years, honestly. Uh, and I think this will be for more bragging rights than and any of the games in the Premier League were. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, here's a proper derby yeah, coming up. Yeah. I mean, could get fiery. Uh, I'm hoping for some uh, turnaround. Uh, I'm hoping Villa bring the game. I hope it's more like the 4 1 win over Wolves than uh, the return fixture when uh, we succumbed at Molyneux. But uh, I really hope uh, Villa can go back to the Black Country. Get a massive win. This will be a massive win at the Hawthorns and uh, take those bragging rights home because it's more important. It's a massive statement. This is West Brom, a favourite, one of the favourites to go. West Brom, one of the best teams in this league. Villa, if Villa smash them to pieces, you're not just looking at Villa scraping into the playoffs or winning the playoffs. You're looking at Villa um, contending to be champions in this league. No joke. If well, Villa smash, go there, smash Albion. You're looking at the champions. Look, we've we've been talking about these three. Fi- I mean, we've been talking about these 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 big fixtures coming up. We said the next six, right? So far, it's two out of two, right? Two down, four to go. If we can get four positive results, you know, out of these uh, out of these fixtures, then you know, perfect. You know, we take it a game game at a time. Hopefully, we get a win over Albion. Uh, all I can say is, it's gonna be. It's 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 going to be a struggle. The next four games, there's going to be there's going to be times where we're going to look on the back foot. Uh, 
don't know if I can see us winning every single game in the, in the, in that run that we've got coming for us. You know, we've still got Stoke to play, we've still got Leeds to play. I would really like us to continue that form right now, um, so that we don't drop any momentum. If Villa can beat Stoke, beat Leeds, and beat Baggies, or at least go without losing in those three games um, and cushion it with two wins, then how you know that's a massive state. That's an incredible statement to this league because you know Villa beat Derby, Villa beat the the favoured team, then they beat the other favoured team in Middlesbrough. They beat Swansea as well. Swansea, no, you're not doing that bad at all. They're, they're having their struggles, but they're still a good team, good, strong team, playing good football at points. They've got Leeds. Leeds are a bit different. I think uh, Leeds play very well occasionally, can drop the standards because there are such high standards put upon them by uh, Marcelo Bielsa. I don't think they can keep up throughout the season, but we'll have to see. I think... Uh, Certainly, that has to start with a win against Albion. You win against Albion, you beat Stoke. The world's at their feet. So that all of a sudden, heading into that Leeds game, I'm really excited. Really, really excited for this. Yeah, so am I, man. So am I. Listen, December it's going to be tough. You know, we 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 still struggling. We still don't quite have that defence that we want. Let's see this through. Let's see this through as well as we can up until January. That's when things will start coming together, in my opinion. But I think for now, we need to make sure we're at least in the mix. Yeah, for sure. So thanks for coming on, Danny. Oh, I love it, man. We'll catch up after the Baggies game. Thanks for your prediction, uh, the match balls and all that. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I guess that's it for the Holtcast this week, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Listen, this has been one of my favourite weekends of sport in such a long time. It's been crazy. It's been crazy this week as a Villa fan. Let's let's not, let's not you know, end this Holtcast without just acknowledging that. You know, five, a <laughs> yeah. five-all draw. That is, that is something new. That is something new. We do. We are not used to seeing Villa going, um, going glove for glove with a side like that. You know, one of the previous Villa sides would have absolutely laid down uh, during that match, but you know what? Right, it's exactly the same. It's the exact. It's you're getting exactly the same amount of points as you would have gotten for a nil nil, um, and for that I can't complain. Uh, if we're if we're gonna have more five alls than nil nils. I honestly, I honestly don't mind. <laughs> we, 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 we've been saying this for a while. The reason why uh, Villa are doing so well under Dean Smith is because uh, he's acknowledged the fact that our defense isn't that strong. So let's just score more than the opposition. Uh, so great seeing Villa score eight goals this week. Um, and secondly, uh, uh, I, I want to say that it was great seeing Fury last night in the boxing. That was uh, that was fantastic to see as a sports fan, and also all the derbies this weekend were terrific um if you're a fan of the premier league if you're a fan of football uh, you cannot complain about the week of sport we've had let's just hope it continues next week so you can find him at dh i oh, know it's not even sorry it's uh at oh, he's, done he's done it oh, i've done it i've done, done it. it you can find him at rise of Jerno. you can find me at jammy rushton and find us at all together at 7500 to halt yeah definitely rise of Jerno for him and uh, we'll see you after the Baggies game next Sunday, hopefully with a positive outlook heading into the next run of fixtures. We'll see you soon, guys. Goodbye.